So today I have the pleasure of being joined by Sarah McFadden, who is a service user of NCBI living in Mayo. Um, I'm June Tinsley, Head of Communications with NCBI, and Sarah has agreed to join me today as part of the, the series that I'm doing, interviewing um, various, various different service users to um, understand a bit more about their lives. So thanks very much, Sarah, for, for joining me. Thank you very much for having me. Great, great. Um, I suppose we may as well just kick off and would you mind telling the, the listeners just a, a little bit about yourself and where you live and what you're up to these days? Yeah, no problem. So um, my name is Sarah McFadden, as you introduced. Um, I'm from Castlebar in County Mayo. Uh, I'm currently uh, studying in IT Sligo. I'm just finished first year, a little different, I suppose, normal first years with everything going on at the minute. But um, I'm looking forward to getting back in September, hopefully, and we'll see um, how I can how um how that kind of goes um i suppose uh, i am actually a visually impaired rally navigator so i have albinism and nystagmus which leave me uh, severely visually impaired since birth and um yeah so that's i suppose just a little bit and we can go into more detail uh in the next couple of minutes great great um so going to college in sligo what, what course are you doing uh, so I'm doing a level eight bachelor of business with sport. So basically what that is, is it's it's a very full on course. It's a it's a full time bachelor of business, but we also do a sports course with that. So um, we do a load of different um, sporting activities and coaching courses and all that kind of thing. So that it gives me quite a broad uh, scope on things. Uh, I'm hoping then after that to go into PE teaching. Fabulous. And I suppose, as you rightly said, it's a broad and um, diverse course covering so many sports. And given we're still in the COVID-19 situation, um, how has that kind of affected the, the classes that you've been able to do? Because you haven't been able to meet together to do the sports. Yeah, so for we were quite lucky that we were kind of covered an awful lot of the sports sections. We had the majority of it covered for first year um so basically what we were doing was we were doing kind of microsoft team stuff and we were doing a couple of group projects and all that kind of thing we just happened to get lucky the way our course is designed our second semester for first year is a lot of um kind of written work and that kind of thing whereas first semester was very hands-on so we kind of got lucky in that respect that we were able to kind of keep going with obviously a lot of changes but we were able to kind of keep going the way we were going so it didn't make we didn't lose out an awful lot but um, but when we get back now, hopefully in September, um, we'll see where it goes from there. Yeah, I mean that's very reassuring that you, you feel you didn't really lose out on the the course segments of the um degree that you're doing. But certainly, it'll be interesting to see how um the the framework of the course will be different in September. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see. Um, as you said, there we we didn't lose out too much, so. We're hoping that when we, if we can get back in September, October time, that hopefully we won't be changing too much. Uh, we kind of we, we want the same experience as everyone else had going through the course, and um, I'm hoping that it won't change too much. But the way things are, if it changes, it changes, and we we don't know much much of a way around it. But uh, we're all looking forward to seeing how what we're going to go back to. Yes, I'm sure everybody's in in that situation. Um, and tell us about your, your low vision. How has that affected your um, schooling or participation in, in college life? Yeah, so I suppose it didn't, it, it obviously it affects you a small bit, but um, the services that IT Sligo uh, provide in the access um, 
department is fantastic. I got a meeting almost straight away um, they helped me to sort out everything I needed um, I get all my notes emailed from lectures um, I type my exams um, they sorted me out with iPads and laptops that I needed for for my notes and all that kind of thing so the college really really helped me an awful lot to to make it that little bit easier that change from second to third level as it is a very very big change um, and I suppose college life wasn't really that affected. We were a very close course. We all get on. So it wasn't really that much of a, a like it, it wasn't that it didn't really affect me that much, I suppose you could say. But um, definitely the college supports and the access office really, really helped me along the way. I suppose that's that's why those services are there to make that transition as, as easy as possible for students. Yeah, exactly. It's once you get a meeting and they're always the majority of colleges are, are all the same um once you get your meeting and, and you get everything sorted they're always there to help and i'd highly recommend anyone that's maybe afraid to go or that kind of thing that just to go and they'll help you out with anything you need and they really helped me and if i hadn't gone it wouldn't have been the same experience that's a, a very valid point and i certainly would encourage other students in the same position to um, knock on the door of those access officers because genuinely they are there to help. Yeah, exactly. And in terms of other services that it might have helped you, what services have you received from NCBI over the years? Oh, I've received an awful lot of support from the NCBI over the years from from basically I was born, my mum and dad were getting support and then all along the way through school and stuff, um, they support me, giving me different pieces of equipment that I needed to make my life easier. Um, different things for school and then out of school and they just without the NCBI um it definitely I, I definitely wouldn't be the same person I am today because without the help and, and the equipment and support that they provide to not just the service user but to the service fa or user's family and all that kind of thing um it honestly just makes life so much easier I suppose it's just the, the reassurance to know that you're you're not you and your family are not alone and that um support is there if you require it, it must be, uh, I said, very reassuring. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 exactly it. Um, when my when I was born, um, things weren't uh, social media wasn't as pop like it wasn't around back then, and I suppose there wasn't as much um things for parents to know that things will be okay. And without the NCBI, um, maybe things would have been a bit different for my parents. But the NCBI were always there, um, to offer them support and guidance through the whole thing. And it. It's literally that support and guidance is, as you said, is a lifeline for many. And it sounds as if you're uh, one of your lifelines is your your passion for uh, being a rally co-driver. That sounds fascinating. How did you get involved in that? Yeah, so I suppose I'll start from the beginning when I'm explaining how I got into it. So mum and dad have been involved in, in all different types of motorsport from running events to competing in events, both of them. And the mum was a navigator for years and she drove of occasions and dad drove for years and I suppose I basically grew up around it and I suppose like any sport once you, once you grow up around a sport like there's a good chance that you're going to get into it and the most sport is all just one family we're a very tight-knit community and just to be involved I've always wanted to be involved when I was growing up and I suppose like most um like most kids you want to kind of grow up in your parents footsteps and that kind of thing but I always wanted to be a rally driver um, I always looked up to mom and dad and I always went to events that dad was on and I was like someday I'm going to be a driver and, and all that kind of thing but 
when I was 12 and I went to one of my uh, appointments for uh, the optician and I was like, oh, I said something about, oh, I can't wait to start driving or something. And basically they had to break the news to me that I'd, I'd never actually be able to drive with how severe my sight was. So, yeah, yeah that was it was definitely a devastating blow at that time. And I, I didn't really know what to do because all I wanted to do was be a rally driver. But I suppose I went home and it didn't really take me too long to realise that it might mean that I can't be a navigator. So basically in rallying, which is the form of motorboard I compete in, there's two people in the car. So you have a driver and a navigator, a co-driver, co-pilot. There's a couple of different names for it. So then in July 2018, so you can compete in motorsport uh, navigating from when you're 16. So July 2018, I was um, 17. Um, I applied off to Motorsport Ireland, which is the governing body for motorsport in Ireland. And I applied for the licence. And after a medical um, check, which came up clear um, that I'd be safe enough to compete, um, I passed that with flying colours and they granted me my licence then in that July. And I mean, it, it, it sounds as if it's um, a very um, fast paced sport to be involved in um and is, is there any uh, drawbacks do you think by having low vision being involved in that sport or has it um affected you in any way um i i honestly don't think that it has affected me that much at the very start maybe it did a little bit until i got used to it but um like anyone getting involved in a sport everyone has to find their way of the sport like um i suppose um when i've actually as you said it's a very very fast-paced sport but um I I take I don't do anything by halves as as a lot of people who know me would know. Um, I played camogie for years for for Mayo and all that kind of thing, but I always when I go to do something I always want to be the best that I can at it. So when I started originally we had planned on doing one or two events and that was kind of it, you know, to prove that I could do it and all that kind of thing, but. When I went to the first event that July, when I got the license, I just grew the love for it immediately. Like, and uh, one event that year turned into four, and then four events that year uh, turned into us deciding to do what's what's called the National Rally Championship in Ireland. So in Ireland, you have about three three or four main championships, and we decided that last year we'd do the National Championship. So basically, what that is, it's it's the National Championship for one day rally events in the country. So that is literally one of the highest um, levels of the sport in this country that you can get. And by the end of the year, we had some we had some disappointments during the year in a couple of events and points just didn't work our way with non-finishes. But by the end of the year, we ended up coming um, second in the National Rally Championship, uh, second in the Border Rally Championship, um, second in the West Coast Rally Championship. Wow. And uh, we came third in the Midlands East Rally Championship. So I suppose... Although, of course, there are some drawbacks to the championship, or to the champion, although there are some drawbacks to being visually impaired, um, I've worked my different ways around doing it. Um, what we be- we made a couple of modifications to our car. We did what's called a flock dash. So um, that's basically a kind of a velvet effect of a black kind of carpety kind of material that basically stops any glare coming off the dash. And okay. we put a dark tint on the windows of the car to stop the sun coming in so that I'd be able to read. But 
I've got an awful lot better over the over the course of it and I suppose I've developed and I'm definitely I'm definitely getting there every day like like anyone in a, in a sport every time you practice you're going to get better and better and I'm really really happy with where I am now at the minute so yeah no I although like like I said there there are a couple of drawbacks but in it's all about how you how you overcome them and um I, I really enjoy what I do so I, it's it's all about making sure that you can overcome them to do what you love well it certainly sounds if you've taken everything in your stride and certainly accomplished um so much in such a short space of time in terms of the uh, success you've had in the competitions it's absolutely phenomenal and tell me is it the same driver that you have all the time or is it different drivers um so at the beginning I started off I was lucky um that my father Keith was competing so my first um 14 events were with him but uh this year unfortunately I had got a new seat for this year uh, an extra driver um Ian McCarthy from County Cork we had signed up for what's called the Irish Forestry Rally Championship so up until now what I've been doing was competing with dad on tarmac championship or on tarmac roads but this one's actually on gravel surfaces so that was going to be a big change um getting used to new a new driver of course um you have to build a level of trust but he was very good and he was very accommodating when I when we were going through everything at the start and he was more than happy to have me into the car and um unfortunately we went down to our first event in Limerick and it, it started snowing in oh. at the start of March this year so unfortunately the event had to be cancelled so that was on the first or the second of March and then our next round of the championship was 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 meant to be at the end of March and then of course the COVID-19 came in yeah so again, and uh, yeah, the championship had to be cancelled for this year oh, so um we were hoping to get out next year uh, again and, and take a run at the championship but I have a couple of um a very good drivers lined up for this year if if we can get any events to to go ahead because unfortunately the way motorsport is um it's all the motorsport can't run without the goodwill of residents and of course it's 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 going to be um it's going to be hard to know if, if events are going to be able to run this year or not um of course with with COVID-19 we're going to have to see how the restrictions go and that kind of thing so hopefully by the end of the year I'll get a, a couple of events um I probably won't end up doing another one with dad this year um, I'll probably hold out and do them with the other drivers to to further develop um, as a co-driver to get better and better like I like I said before it's all about getting better and developing but hopefully I'll get out with a couple of these other drivers um, for the end of this year if there are any events if there aren't we'll just have to wait a year it's not going to be the end of the world well it, it certainly sounds that the, the whole sport is physically in your blood so you're taken to it so easily that even if there is a delay due to COVID-19 it's a thing you'll be able to, to pick up back up again in 2021 and fingers crossed um, yeah. the sport will be back up and running sooner rather than later. Yeah, that's very true. Um, like this, uh, once you, I was born with petrol in my veins, basically, but it's all <laughs> about um, it's all about staying focused during during this um, very different times. Like it's we, we can't be out in a car, so it's all about finding different ways of practicing and that kind of thing. So once once you're staying focused and you're always doing a little, little bits of practice here and there um, to try and keep the skills sharp and that kind of thing. Um, 2021 won't be long coming around. True. Um, so I'm really, how, really... Sorry, tell me, how long does a usual um, rally driving course last? Yeah, so basically 
in Ireland, there are a couple of the different types. So the types that we've competing in uh, up until now are one day events. So basically what that means is you're racing for one full day, but actually the day before. So you race all day on the Sunday, yeah. but actually on the day before what you do is called recce or reconnaissance. So basically what that is, is you drive the stages, which are the course. So you drive that the day before in your road car at a regular kind of speed. Yeah. Um, you, you ha you're on a lower speed limit even than the roads um, are allow but what we do then that day is we prepare our pace notes uh, which are basically uh, a very detailed description of the road ahead um, that the navigator reads to the driver so um, the navigator's job is to read these pace notes to the driver so that the driver knows what's coming ahead for them so that they can take the maximum speed through the road True. Um, so we prepare them um, the day before the event um, and then we put our car through what's called scrutiny just to make sure that our car is fully up to all safety standards. Um, it's It's gone through, there's a full um, uh, scrutineer goes through the car fully just to make sure that the car is completely safe because motorboard is all about safety, safety, safety. So um, we, we never take any, that's the one thing you never take chances with in motorboard is safety. So um, and like I said, the day before you go through scrutiny and then your car is put in overnight and it's watched so that you're not allowed to make any changes to that. And yeah. then the following day, then you compete for the full day. But in Ireland, there are some um, different events. So you can have two day events, um, which hopefully if it goes ahead, um, it is going ahead as per now, uh, will be the Wexford Stages Rally uh, in September. So I'll be hoping to get out uh, and do that. But that's going to be a two day event. So basically what you do is you do your recce on the Friday. Um, or the Thursday and the Friday, it depends, it depends how long you have um, for the recce. And then you compete on the Saturday and the Sunday. So that means basically you just have extra stages, uh, yeah. which would be really good to get back to you know, with the bang. Wow. I mean, it sounds absolutely fascinating and I can literally hear the, the passion in your voice because it's literally in your blood. Um, and you're obviously a bit of a, a speed junkie, I'd imagine, are you? Oh, definitely. I, I always have been uh, and I always will be, I suppose. Um, I uh, I actually got the opportunity last December, thanks to the Rally Sport Association. They gave me the opportunity to to fulfil, I suppose, one of my lifelong dreams. And they actually gave me um, a rally car to drive for the day. So I got to compete on a rally sport event in Mondello Park. Oh, um, amazing. Yeah, so that was really, really special. So um, I had a navigator in with me for the day and I suppose everyone was shocked. I, I won the ladies award in the day and, and when I got in everyone was a bit shocked. I, I actually didn't even come last. <laughs> Fair play to so I suppose everyone was a little bit shocked that day but I, I definitely had petrol running through my veins and, and I really love the sport and that's I think what the most important thing is. Um, everyone should have something they love and, and follow it. Very much so um, and it, as I said it, it, it's clear from your voice how much you're, you're passionate about it and I suppose just to conclude Sarah um, is there any one piece of advice that you'd give to another individual who is um, living with sight loss or who is blind? Yeah, I, I've i always um, gone with a piece of advice that if, if anyone has something they love or a dream in life that they should always try their absolute best to try and fulfil it. Like um, for me, being a visually impaired navigator, that, that wasn't really, no one kind of expected that coming. Um, every, everyone has something that they want to do in life. And I, I've always said that there's there's a million ways around round and into doing something and I think that it's really really important that if there's something that you want to do that you go out and do it um I always went with the kind of quote that 
the, the only thing worse than being blind is having no vision. So I've always had a vision for the future that I wanted to compete and rally in. And thankfully, at such a young age, I managed to achieve that. And I just think that if someone else has something that they want to do, that they should go out and try and do it as well. Very, very inspiring words indeed. Um, well, listen, I just wish you really, really well in the rest of the, your career as a, a, a co-navigator and best of luck going back to, to college. Um, and delighted to hear NCBI has been a, a help and a resource to you and your family over the years. And thanks very much for your time. Great to talk to you. Thank you very much.